podcast one production. You're listening to Crappy to Happy with Tip and Cass. Today, we're going to talk about healthy relationships because I find they are the most important thing to feeling well and how you make decisions in your life and um, feel positive. It really does affect your positivity. And we were talking in a previous episode about how emotions are contagious. Yeah. And so I know for me, work relationships, friends, my marriage, my relationship with my son, you know, there, there are good bad relationships, bad relationships, and a bad relationship can really affect all corners of your life, can't they? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think we all know that as humans, we are hardwired for connection. connection. Like it's, it's in our DNA to belong to a community. It was our very survival dependent on it. So we are really from birth, I mean, if you want to go back from birth, we can't survive. We're the only species, really, the mm-hmm. only mammal that, can, that we can't survive without a um, a carer. We yes. can't walk. We can't feed ourselves. Yes. We can't warm ourselves. So we literally need to belong. It means life or death yeah. to us. So, um, you know, and there's loads and loads of research showing now how important it actually is. I think we all feel it. Intuitively, mm-hmm. we know we feel better when we have quality, supportive uh people around us, um, positive relationships, people, positive to share, people. people to share the joys mm-hmm. with as well as to share the sorrows with. Mm-hmm. Um, but it actually really is crucial to our health and our happiness. And there's lots of research that supports that now. Really, um, it's fundamental. It is fundamental. And I do find that if I'm a little bit off with a friend or with a relationship, it does seep into everything, into my work, my productivity, my motivation, it, it's everything. Yeah. And we did a, you know, we talked previously about resilience. And one thing I think we didn't even touch on in that resilience episode is the importance of the social connections to mm-hmm. help you to manage the stresses of life. Mm-hmm. Um, having those supportive social networks can really make the difference to how you handle the ups and downs. And we see that all the time in TIFXO <gasps> in our community. Oh, we have the of best community. Thousands and thousands of men and women they all have goals and they all have relationships outside of that community, but that support of of those relationships get them to their goals, whether it's weight loss or conditioning or maybe it's a a mindset goal that they have. Um, We see time and time again them achieving those goals because of the support and those relationships. The support, the encouragement, the accountability even. Um, Yeah, it can really give you a big boost when Mm -hmm. you're... And what I love about it is that if you've got a really good buddy like that, a good mm-hmm. uh, friend or a support person like that, we all have our own ups and downs. So we, what we see is one day somebody will be feeling a bit low, mm-hmm. kind of flagging in energy and the other person can give them a boost and give mm-hmm. them a pep up. And then another day it might be the opposite. So it works both ways. And that's the key. I think that's the key yeah. to really healthy, supportive relationships is that balance of give and take. Mm-hmm. And we often, as you know, we both know what comes up a lot in our community, not from within the community, but when people talk about relationships outside in their real lives mm-hmm. is the unsupportive relationships and what, how much of a downer they can be and yes. what to do about that. And yes. well, like you said, it can really dominate yes. people's moods. And, and especially like I use the example of, say, weight loss, like someone is, is trying really hard with their nutrition, their exercise, they're making changes, and then someone makes a comment about their body or brings takeaway 
food home when Mm. they're trying to cook a healthy meal. And I always come back to this quote I read and a true friend, it's not how they are there for you when you're at your lowest. It's how they're there for you when you're celebrating your achievements. When they're happy for you. And, you know, I had a friend who lost quite a bit of weight and her friends just made a thing of absolutely not not acknowledging it, never saying, you look great, good on you, you're really making change. Yeah, They're not there to celebrate her wins yeah. and they're bringing her down. And I just hate that. It's really interesting. Yeah. It's, it can be quite indicative of the quality of a relationship, mm-hmm. can't it? Because oftentimes the people that are, that you, that are close to you, the people that see you all the time and who mm-hmm. know you well, they're not they're not often your biggest fans when it comes to the successes Success. in life. They're not always the ones who are cheering you on when you achieve good yeah. things. Interestingly, yes, it will be, you know, maybe your closest friends, your mum's always got your back. Yeah, good on your mum. <laughs> and your best friends, but other people, they tend to yeah, be a bit think, quieter. But then they're there when you fall apart. They're like, they want to oh, pick you up. Yeah, oh, yeah. You're, you're, you're in the gutter and they're like, oh, we'll help you now. But yeah, yeah when yeah. you're being a success, it's a lot harder. And, you know, I use this term and I share this a lot. It's a mm-hmm. Buddhist term called mudita. Mm-hmm. And it means, literally means sympathetic joy. And it means being happy for somebody else's happiness. Mm. And so there's this practice in Buddhism we cultivate, I'm not that I'm Buddhist, but in the Buddhist Mm -hmm. philosophy tradition and meditation and mindfulness, it's cultivating that capacity to be happy for other people's happiness and happy for other people's success because it's human nature to maybe get a little bit envious or to Mm. maybe feel a bit of what about me and if somebody else is achieving happiness and success, you know, and you're not. Mm -hmm. But... Um, it's a real, uh, you know, it's a quality of a true friend to be able to go beyond that and mm. actually say, well, good for you. I know, mm-hmm. really happy for you. Yeah. Love seeing your success. And yeah. we love, how much do we love having those people yeah. around us? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It's so important. So let's all be that person. Yeah, let's be that person. <laughs> and if you're an empowered person, confident person, then you can empower and instill confidence in other people. So yeah. you have to yeah. invest in that in yourself. We all know how important it is to stay connected and have good relationships, but what's some of the science around this? We know a lot now about the importance of social connections. And one study that I often refer back to, and there are lots and lots, and I I'll, I'll, can talk about a few of them, but one study that's been really interesting because it's the world's longest running study of adult development, and it, it's called the... Um, It's called the Harvard Study of Adult Development and it began in 1938 with a group of men. And the reason it began with men was because they were the only ones who were allowed to go to university at that time. Uh, So things have changed now. Mm -hmm. But it began with 268 sophomores at Harvard and they took measures of every aspect of their well-being, their life, their physical and mental well-being, lifestyle, and they've tracked them. They've kept track of them. So John F. Kennedy was in the was in that group. Incredible. Some very quite famous men have been in that group, and they've tracked them all the way through. And then later in the seventies, they added a, a control group in with an, another group of Boston uh, men, I think. Mm-hmm. But they have since extended it to include wives and offspring. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they keep getting funding, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's still running now. So what's that? Eighty years. Wow. So it's it certainly was up until a few years ago. It was still running, and they were still pulling research out of it. So it's had they've had to change study directors over time. Mm-hmm. But anyway, what they found from this study is that the the most important predictor of health and longevity and of happiness 
throughout life was the quality of your relationships. So that includes marriage, friendships, community ties, you know, connections in your community. Fundamentally, that over and above exercise, smoking, drinking, like all of the other lifestyle factors that you would think would affect health um, and career success and you'd never think that. Not you'd always go to smoking or you know over over and above alcohol and and drinking and smoking relationships. Really fascinating. I really hope that they can continue that for a really long Mm -hmm. time because they will never get they will never replicate it. It's amazing. So. If we're talking about relationships being the number one um, factor to living a long, happy life. Mm-hmm. And there's reasons for that too yeah. as well. So, and, and, you know, there's been other studies looking specifically at the impacts of your social uh, connections and your health. One study found that the, your risk of, the risk of death with people, of people with fewer social ties was twice as high as those with with more social ties, you know, they sort of evaluate the quality of the yeah. quantity of re- people's relationships and then their their mortality risk, basically. Um, people who are more isolated have lower quality relationships or lower quality mm-hmm. social ties are at greater risk of cardiovascular disease, high blood pressure, cancer. They have, they, they have slower to heal from illnesses and wounds. Like it's, it's, it directly affects your physical health in many ways. Um, and then, you know, loneliness, really, it's a mm-hmm. killer. Loneliness kills people. Um, so they That's say, so I, well, yeah. it's important, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's so important. And I, th- I, I was just thinking about my grandfather. He's 95 and he's in care and he was in palliative care earlier last year and he made a comeback. He was kicked oh, out of palliative this care. This is Ken, Grandpa yeah, Ken. Yeah, Ken was kicked out of palliative care, dying and wow. um, moved into a home. But... And he was taking off all his medication and made such a comeback and he's doing really well. Wow. But one thing my grandfather has always done, he's such a great socialiser. Yeah. He has friends that visit him every day. He's made friends in his home. He's so fantastic like that. And I do think that's keeping him going. Like when when he was at his lowest, he was isolated. But yeah. I, I have seen evidence of that. Yeah. At 95. That's a, that's yeah. amazing. He's yeah. amazing, your brand. He is. He's amazing. So, you know, it is important. And um, talking about the health and the happiness of your relationships, then how do you know if you are in a relationship that isn't serving you or, you know, perhaps could be a bit toxic? How can you identify that? <laughs> toxic. The, the whole topic of toxic relationships mm. comes up so often as well. Because it isn't quantity of relationships, it's quality. Mm-hmm. It's that mutually supportive committed connection. And as you as you grow and you get older, you tend to have less friends, don't you? But higher or is quality, that just me? Hopefully. Am I just revealing something <laughs> about myself? But I mean, I used to have heaps and heaps of friends, but now I have less friends but, but better, better quality. Less yeah. but better. Yeah. I think I think that's pretty normal. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know what the science is, but I, I dare say that as as we move, grow up and move mm. on, I mean, we tend to make friends in school mm. and we go to university and make friends at work. Yeah. And as we move on and we couple up and get married or we mm. have kids, well, life just often goes in different, you know, different directions. You haven't got time for anyone who hasn't. The, ta- the time that we have available for mm. those friendships often diminishes. So that mm-hmm. can be a problem. Um, but also, yeah, we just move in different directions or yes. we move Physically, yes, physically we move into, move. I've lost 
not lost friends, but I have you know, had f- friendships sort of fizzle out because I've physically moved interstate and yeah. it's just hard to, it's to so sustain. Difficult. We've got social media that helps mm-hmm. with that now, but it's not the same. It's not the same, is it? And no. you can... Could you mistake social media friendships for real friendships? I like think people do. Connect, yeah. And I know I, I can Facebook someone or text someone and I'm like, mm, I haven't actually talked to that person or heard their voice in months. Do you know what I think about social media as well? So it's really important to um, get off social media. Uh-huh. We'll talk about that a yes, bit later. we'll come but, back and talk about it. But the thing that I noticed one time was that social media was giving me the illusion of connection. Like mm. I realised that I felt like I was keeping up with all these people. Like I, I, I get that hit of, oh, I can see what you're doing. I, I can see the, how your kids are growing up and I can, I can sort of keep up with your life and you feel like you're connected. But when you actually get face to face with somebody and you realise how much of their lives that you actually don't, are not and privity because and, it's not on social media. And you've said it time and time again, you're keeping up with their highlight reel, exactly. not with their low light. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, so coming back to... Acknowledging relationships. Difficult relationships. Yeah. Mm. How and do you know? I think, I've, generally speaking, no science to this. This is just, mm. generally speaking, how you feel after you've spent time with a person is an indicator of whether that's a... Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Quality. If you feel zapped. Or, yeah. Uplifted. You will know if, mm. you've, if you spend time with people. Everybody has their ups and downs. Mm-hmm. But... Occasionally you'll have that person in your life, and we hear this often, we've, we've all experienced this, that person who is constantly on a downer or they they never really have anything nice to say. Or they're all about themselves. All about and themselves. And you're always giving or coaching or trying to yeah. help them and they're never there for you. And it, we don't want to, um, you know, p- people have difficult times and that's mm-hmm. okay, but it's just, so it's not, I always, ha- I don't really like that toxic relationship phrase because it feels like they're a toxic person and I think it's just more that they're not it's not a healthy thing for you at that time Mm. you know and at a different time maybe they'll you can shift that balance back but it's it's like it's okay it's nothing necessarily sometimes it's not necessarily anything like wrong Mm -hmm. (laughs) with the person I don't want to demonize people Mm -hmm. but we know ourselves that the dynamic of the relationship Mm -hmm. doesn't work you know, it's that dynamic. And is it selfish to distance yourself from people? I don't think so. And I don't think so. If you're putting your health and well-being and your mindset first? I don't think so. I think that sometimes it's essential, actually. Could it be self-care? I think so. Mm-hmm. It depends on the... I think people have to make a personal decision based on how important the relationship is, sometimes how long that person has been in their life. You know, we all... People come and go. Mm-hmm. And depending on your personal history with a person, you might want to... Sp- spend more time or invest more time before Mm -hmm. you end a friendship. Mm -hmm. But I think sometimes it gets to a point where you have to end Mm -hmm. friendships that are really not good Mm -hmm. for your own mental health. That We have limited time. Mm -hmm. And so we want to choose where to invest our time with people. And not spending it, feeling zapped. And not feeling drained and depleted Mm -hmm. and taken advantage of or you use that term social sustenance i've heard you use that and that's a great way of putting it feeling depleted versus feeling nourished yeah and there's various you know when you talk about when you do talk about toxic relationships Mm -hmm. um it's there that plays out in various different ways you know Mm -hmm. there's the constantly jealous person or the the negative person or the um 
the, the one who puts you down all the time and makes you feel badly about yourself. Mm-hmm. I've had clients tell me, and you know, young girls who will say, every time I go out with this person, she suddenly becomes all about um, wanting to get attention from all the boys and she ignores me and I sit in the corner. You know, mm-hmm. it's these kinds of things or... Um, you know, being excluded from social gatherings. I see on Facebook that they're all doing something and that they're not inviting me. You know, that sort mm-hmm. of stuff can be really damaging. Mm-hmm. Um, so, And social media lets you know about oh, it yes. now. <laughs> Once upon a time, you you may not have known if you hadn't been invited and everyone kept now it you a do. secret. Now you do. There's multiple <laughs> platforms that will tell you so. Yes. Um, so, yeah, sometimes, you know, it's it's time, to, it's important to cut mm-hmm. those ties and invest your energy in the relationships that support you, I think, is the important thing. It's not just about cutting people off. It's about redirecting your energy into more healthy relationships mm-hmm. that support you and give you that um, sustenance mm-hmm. that we all need. How do relationships affect your well-being, positive or negative? Well, I think... Um, Health-wise, mm-hmm. there's some, you know, we talked before about how relationships are support good health and that poor quality relationships are indicators, you know, or predictors mm-hmm. of ill health. There's some reasons for that. And that, so one of them is that uh, the actual stress, for example, if you're in an unhappy marriage, you know, and, and that, there's a lot of studies about marriage, mm-hmm. but if you're in an unhappy marriage or you have a really chronically stressful relationship then we know that chronic stress affects your mm-hmm. your physical health. So mm-hmm. sometimes it is just that stress on your immune system and all of that stuff that we already know about stress. Mm-hmm. So there's that very direct relationship. Another aspect is actually the social contagion effect. So the fact that we sort of, um, when we're in a group, we tend to behave like the group. And sometimes uh-huh. our the group that we associate with, they might engage in some really unhealthy I behaviors. see this all the time in the community. Food, alcohol, mm-hmm. you know, stuff that doesn't support a healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But if that's your social circle, if that's the group that you're running in, that will have a very direct ev- mm. effect on your own health mm-hmm. as well. I've seen that time and time again in the community. For example, if someone's trying to eat healthily and they go to someone's house for dinner and they're sabotaged by that person saying, we're having pizzas. They're like, I told you I'm trying really hard. Can't we make healthy pizzas? Or can't I bring a salad as well? So there's two options. And they feel completely like they feel that they have to eat the pizza because they're they're outnumbered by people who want to eat pizza. And not always going out to friends. Often it's partner bringing it in. Uh, yes, and partners bringing bring fast it food in, Bringing home. in the, the two-litre soft drink and the family yeah. pizza or, deal. Oh, why don't we sit down and watch a movie? Let's I just really, get takeaway. Yeah, I really was going to exercise now. I was going to put on a video and do a video at home. No, let's just watch TV and relax. I'm sitting down, do yeah. it. Like That's it. That's yeah. the social contagion. And that mm. can be really, uh, you know, can impact your health and your psychological health and your emotional health because you feel unsupported. Yeah. And also I think it does affect relationships to affect, you know, your, your goals in life in terms of, I had a really bad boss. And instead of knowing how to deal with that relationship in terms of perhaps expressing or whatever, I just quit my job. And that affected, that affected everything. everything. Yeah. I never went back and it, actually I never went back to that industry or that career. That's a really good example of mm. how um, the importance of having being able to manage. I didn't know how to manage it. Social yeah. issues, yeah, mm. and relationship issues. Mm. Great example. Yeah, so there's lots of ways that our relationships have an impact directly and indirectly mm-hmm. on our physical and mental health. In terms of our mental health, it's um, it's proven too that 
happiness and social relationships, quality social relationships, have a bi-directional relationship. Mm -hmm. So if you're a happy person, you're more likely to have quality relationships. You tend to inject that positivity into your relationships. But also if you have quality relationships, it makes you happier. So it it creates a very positive um, cycle. They actually feed back into each other. So happiness and so, and positive relationships are very, very interconnected. That's amazing, Cass. We're going to come back after a quick break and talk about ways you can make those relationships a whole lot healthier. You're listening to Crappy to Happy with Tiff and Cass, and we're talking about healthy relationships. We've just been speaking about how to acknowledge if a relationship isn't serving you mm. or supporting you. And now let's, let's chat about some tools and tips to help improve those relationships. Well, I guess the logical place to start is communication. Mm. You know, communication is key in relationships and often avoided though, interestingly. So, you know, because I think we all... Uh, fearful of difficult communications. We avoid conflict. I hate conflict, confrontation. We all hate conflict. And so Mm. what it means is that oftentimes things will go unsaid and if you have an issue with somebody, we'll tend to avoid it rather than... Yeah, rather than deal with it directly. Mm -hmm. Or when we do communicate, then it's um, not the most helpful way. Yeah bit too emotional or too in the emo- moment or bit too we might make a lot of assumptions mm-hmm. or you know n- not listening properly and this is all just because it's a relationships are so important to us and they really you know mm. if, if they're not going well we can become really upset by that so you, oftentimes the communication is not as balanced and mm-hmm. rational as it could be mm-hmm. um but i think you know communication we were just talking about this earlier how our society really evolved to be what it is, our species actually mm-hmm. evolved to be what, the, what it is purely because of our capacity to communicate, yeah, to create language. language. And I was uh, just saying that that goes both ways, actually. Mm-hmm. It, we have the capacity to build cities and societies mm-hmm. and, you know, the amazing things that we have achieved as a human race mm-hmm. because of our capacity to communicate. Um, but equally language can be the thing that brings us undone because we are, and this is this has come out of some research as well in psychology, we're the only species who, uh, for whom language, let me, let me get this right, mm-hmm. because for example, mm-hmm. if I ask you now yes. to imagine a lemon, uh-huh. a juicy, ripe, yellow lemon, you're mm-hmm. imagining that in your mind mm-hmm. sure and then I imagine you, you know, put it down on a chopping board mm-hmm. and pick up a shiny stainless steel, very sharp knife mm-hmm. and slice through that mm-hmm. lemon. Effortlessly it slices through. Mm-hmm. It opens up. You can see it. Pick it up. Imagine smelling that mm-hmm. lemon. That lemon. I've got saliva in my right. mouth. Yeah. And then squeezing a drop of yeah. that lemon juice onto your tongue. Sour. And if you're imagining that, you can experience all of mm. that physiological reaction in your body to that lemon, even though there is no lemon here in the room. I'm making that lemon face. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You can do the same thing about anything that we imagine or anything. Uh-huh. And that was purely me telling you, talking to you mm-hmm. about a lemon, but you have a physiological reaction to that lemon. So the stories that we tell ourselves in our heads can also affect us physiologically, mm. can affect us emotionally, can affect us psychologically. The assumptions. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Um, that the power of communication is really important, I guess, is the is the key there. And, yes. And social relationships, we are primed for uh, to be alert to threat. Mm-hmm. Again, that's in our 
DNA, that's our part of our evolutionary biology, we're alert to threat. Our fight or flight response is very, very strong. These days, we are far less likely to be attacked by a lion or a grizzly bear, but what we perceive to be threatening is social threat often, social hostility, conflict, you know, perform- being judged by other people, mm-hmm. um, being perceived in a negative way, mm-hmm. you know, by other people. So this sets... And it can uh, just be a text or it can be, <laughs> a comment. We can be the stories we make up in our head yes. and it sets off that fight or flight response. So we've got to be really... When we talk about relationships, we've got to be really aware of all of this mm. stuff that we often just are doing to ourselves and the way our body is responding to mm. assumptions and the stories did, we tell. I had an example of this this week. I reached out to one of my best friends. She said, let's catch up, let's catch up. It's difficult. I've broken my ankle. I can't walk. Can we postpone? And she came back with, oh, it's just a broken ankle. And I was really offended because it's affected my work. I can't pick up the baby. I can't wait bear. I can't drive. And then I was stewing on this for a couple of days and then I text back and, are you okay? I just asked, are you okay? And she was actually going through her other friend, they had cancer and she was going through that. And so she meant it's just a broken bone. It's not life-threatening. That's what she was meaning. I completely understood. We missed each other on a note and... We're fine. But I had assumed, oh, she's attacking me. She thinks I'm weak. She thinks I'm being a princess about this, you know? And and isn't that also indicative of the problem with text-based communication? Text and everything. And we had, we both got kids. She's got lots of kids. And it was just like texting, Facebooking. We haven't spoken on the phone, but, you know, a quick chat on the phone. And I was like, oh, my gosh, she's going through so much at the moment. Yep. How, it is, yeah. That's that's such a good example because we've all had that experience of reading a text or having something come up and immediately jumping to a conclusion, immediately having mm-hmm. an emotional reaction mm-hmm. and reading all sorts of things into mm-hmm. something that oftentimes doesn't exist and a simple conversation, a face-to-face or a phone, actual pick up the phone yeah. <laughs> conversation would clear up so many. And it's all tonality and all of that. Yeah, so... Communication. I think the point is that actually getting face to face with people it's and so important. talking to people mm-hmm. is really important, even when it's hard. Even when it's hard, but not even when there's a conflict. Just to to build and connect those mm-hmm. relationships. To not allow all of the communication to always be online. But how, we so often just quick oh, Facebook message or a text I'm message or an so email. Guilty. I've got some pure Same. online friends at the moment. Same. With the baby, I've got to pick up my game. Yeah, mm. but don't feel guilty. That's mm. mother guilt, Tiff. Okay, that's another topic. Okay. <laughs> but we are all guilty of it. I know mm-hmm. I went through, I've reflected on 2017 for me, I think, gee, I was very insular. Mm-hmm. Like I was very focused on my work. I work at home a lot. You're very busy. I travelled a lot last mm-hmm. year, more than usual. And I thought, wow, like I really have not spent quality time. And I'm really getting to that point. I mean, it's been a year, but I'm kind of really craving, like mm. I need to hook up with some people and yes. get face to face with some friends. Yeah. And that just speaks to like the how important that is. You start, I've got my husband and I've got my daughter yeah, and of course, life and, my, and I see, you know, obviously I see people, but those really important friendships, we have to make the time to mm-hmm. invest in them. Communication is so important in relationships, but sometimes it's really hard and you have people who uh, bottle things up yeah. and they don't communicate. And that can be really devastating as well. Yeah. And again, that really, it's that's so true. That's important because again, that comes from that fear of 
conflict, mm-hmm. I think, that and fear of upsetting people or fearing how... Fear of uh, saying no sometimes. Yes, fear of how people will perceive us. Mm-hmm. And so, but we have to move past that. And I think it really involves, I suppose, when there's something that is on your mind, if there's something that you feel like you want to talk to somebody about and you know that it's important, mm-hmm. um, maybe calming down that anxiety mm-hmm. response is always the first thing. If you feel anxious, that fight or flight center is very, that uh, sorry, that fight or flight reaction is very real in your mm-hmm. brain. And it does set off that adrenaline and cortisol and racing hard and can feel really fearful to have a difficult conversation with somebody. But I think if you go back to remembering the quality mm-hmm. of the friendship, if you go back to um, assuming the best in people, like mm-hmm. a, giving people the benefit of the doubt, knowing that if you're true and honest about your feelings, that people will generally respond positively mm-hmm. to that. Maybe taking the time to write down the things that are on your mind that you want to say. And then I think if you can set aside a time, like even if it is a text to say, can we catch up or set it up that there's some things that I wanted to talk to you about uh, so that, you know, everybody comes to that conversation prepared mm-hmm. Um, and able to have an honest, mm-hmm. honest conversation. It can be really difficult, but it's it's an important skill to develop. I think another thing to keep in mind is that we tend to we're very egocentric, mm. and that's just that that's just part of the human condition. That's not an insult to anybody. We are very much the stories that we tell ourselves all day long are all about me, me, me. The story of me, my life, how things my affect problems. me, and we will often take things very personally, mm-hmm. even if they're not about us. Like even if it's not about me. So sometimes being able to take that ego, for want of a better word, out of it Mm -hmm. and looking at the situation a little bit more impartially. And I think also just um, acknowledging that everybody's got their own stuff going on. Like most people are walking around in the world thinking about themselves and Mm -hmm. their issues and their problems and everything that's on their plate. And so we can tend to um, take things personally or assume that something is about us when it's not about us and make bigger, like make mountains out of molehills many times. And so bringing a bit of perspective back to that. I mean, I've had a situation where I thought somebody was upset with me, was mad at me for a long time. And Mm -hmm. then I kept thinking, oh, but I made the last, and I'm not a tab keeper by any means, but it got to the point where I thought, oh gosh, I think I keep trying to make contact with this person. They're not really that interested in talking to me. So maybe I should just back off. (laughs) And then it turned out actually that they just had like I found out eventually, that just had a lot going on Mm. and it was nothing to do with me. Probably the best thing I could have done was to continue to just, or to directly ask, is there a problem? Yeah. Or is this, or can I, is there something going on for you? You know, but because I was making the assumptions and thinking, oh no, I think that it happens all the time. It all happens all the time. And I got the cold shoulder from a friend who bumped into me at the supermarket and I was like, I've got to go, I've got to go. And then it was like silence from her for ages. And she said, oh, you brushed me off when I bumped into you. I said, no, I was late to feed Arnie and my <laughs> boobs were leaking and my top was wet and I had to get out of there. Like I literally had yeah, to go. Yeah, I literally had to go. And if she had to just text me and said, why did you rush off on me? I would have said, oh, I, I was leaking milk. I had to leave. Yeah. Like, you know, so it is, uh, you can't make those assumptions. And how we interpret those things. We've talked about this so many times, mm. but I think it's so important to keep coming back to it. How you interpret somebody else's behaviour will depend on the day you've had, the mood you're in, your personal history, your past relationships, mm-hmm. which have no bearing on this relationship. Mm-hmm. And so just really, that's for that mindfulness and checking yourself, what am I telling myself about this? And if it, you know, oftentimes, you know, there's no truth 
to the story, mm-hmm. but it's worth asking the question and having the conversation. Get the whole story. What if you want to say something to someone, but you're really terrified of their response and what they might think of you? Well, I think that first of all, you'd have to wonder about the quality of the relationship mm-hmm. if you're genuinely frightened of how somebody will respond to you telling the truth, mm-hmm. to speaking the truth, um, then what's the dynamic going on there? But the other thing, I guess, is to tell them, to say, I want to bring this up with you, but I'm actually a bit concerned about how you're going to respond. And that might be because in the past you've reacted badly. When I've tried to tell you something um, that's Mm. been difficult, you know, I haven't had the best response from you. So therefore, you know, I think it's important that we have this conversation, but I've got to be honest, I'm really, I'm really wondering how this is going to go. That's a good one for marriage. Yeah, good one for marriage. (laughs) And it puts the onus back on that person because more than likely they're going to say, no, don't be ridiculous. Tell me, tell yeah, me what's on your mind. I want to hear. I want to hear. And then you've basically set the, you've set it up that if they react badly, you know, I always say that to people, like set the ground rules when things are calm. Like mm-hmm. when, when there's not something to talk about, you can mm-hmm. say, look, when we have these conversations, is it okay if I, this is what I've experienced in the past with you. Sometimes you get a little bit sensitive mm-hmm. or sometimes you react really badly and no, I wouldn't use the word or badly. Defensive. Um, but, you know, but is it okay if I pull you up when you do this thing or if I mm-hmm. start to notice this thing? And, you know, you can gauge then. And oftentimes when things are calm and everybody's working, everybody wants to have the, a positive mm-hmm. relationship usually, then if they give you permission then, to point it out if they're doing that thing. Well, then you have permission to point that thing out. And so... Then you're not nagging. Then you're not, yeah, and then having a go. You've, when you point something out to somebody or you bring something up with somebody in advance and then and you ask permission, can I tell you when you... I do this with my husband, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, like, okay, well, sometimes when I do this, you react like this and I want to be able to bring these things up. And he says, okay, you know, if he says, okay, no, all good, I get that. Yeah, I can see I've done that sometimes. So you, you just tell me. Mm-hmm. Well, then in the moment, if he reacts, and it's often those reactions are very habitual and instinctive, but if I see him do it, I can say, remember we talked about this? This is and a good tip. I'm taking this one home. And it's not attacking, mm. it's saying, remember how mm. we, I said that thing, well, you're kind of doing that Yeah, it thing. sort of makes me feel and like And he this. can do the same to me mm-hmm. and it puts you back on the spot and makes you take responsibility mm. for your own behaviour in that relationship because if somebody's pointed out and then they ca- actually call you out on it, you can go, oh, well, fair call, because <laughs> there yes. I go, I'm doing it. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's then that, you know, you take a break or you come back to it mm. or, you, or you just say, okay, no point taken and, and on you go. But it doesn't have to be a big issue. You can break some of those patterns yeah, in relationships. Yeah, that's really helpful. That's really helpful. So can we talk a little bit about creating boundaries? Because I find that's, that's the health of a relationship, especially in the workplace and perhaps you're not, not your best, best friends, but creating those boundaries is so important. Yes, Again, Brene Brown, I must sound like the most massive Brene Brown fan because I refer to her all the time. Her work is so important. But one thing that she says is the most generous thing you can do mm-hmm. in a relationship, the most generous and the most compa- compassionate thing you can do is to be very clear about your boundaries. So that means so these people who tend to be people pleasing and saying yes all the time actually end up oftentimes feeling very resentful and you can't give your best self to a person if you're feeling resentful of that person for okay. encroaching on your boundaries. Yep. So if you can, if you actually can switch it around, so I'm not actually doing you a disservice 
by setting a boundary and saying no to you, Mm -hmm. I'm actually doing you a favor Mm -hmm. because I can really be all there for you Mm -hmm. within these, within this parameter, like within this boundary. So, but I can only be all there for you if I set this boundary. Do you know, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. That's so helpful. Because when you feel resentful, when you feel like you're constantly giving and saying yes but and you're people saying pleasing, yes. yeah. you, you, you think you're doing them a favour, but then under underneath it, you're feeling like so And you might stretch yourself too and, far and not give to them exactly what they need because yep. you're in so many different directions. Yep, yep, yep. And I definitely have found that myself, mm. like people demanding of me all the time. And, and we're available 24-7 now. And when people start to text and Facebook message and ask things of you and demand things mm. and you go, okay, okay. And if I'm feeling really like, mm-hmm. are you right? Like, can yes. you have step back a little bit? Yes. Then I know that I'm not actually being very generous and compassionate. Mm. But if I say, you know, call me at nine o'clock yes. on Monday. We've, <laughs> we've had be this conversation <laughs> because both of us work very, you know, we are both in our community all the time and we have thousands and thousands and thousands of members all wanting our time, all having questions. And we've had to create boundaries with that. Definitely. So that we're the not... online world. Yeah, is, so yeah. that we're not on Facebook at midnight answering questions about injuries and, you know, diet and mindset and falling apart and falling off the wagon. We just had to say, okay, we're available through this email service. Yeah. That's it. So that, those online boundaries, that probably... Um, we'll talk about that a little bit more when we have our episode on the digital detox and the need to get off offline. But, you know, I think in terms of our face-to-face relationships, um, I think the important thing is when you recognize that a relationship is not serving you, when that dynamic is, is, a, is you know, when you're feeling depleted or drained mm-hmm. or brought down or unsupported by a relationship, then it is okay to put distance between yourself and that person. There does come a time, some relationships you will naturally outgrow, some you will naturally just move apart and there's you know, it just happens organically. Sometimes you do actually need to make a deliberate choice to spend less time with Mm -hmm. certain people. And that can feel really difficult and awkward. We know that. But I think you have to see it as when you're saying no to that relationship or that person, you're freeing up your very precious time and energy to invest in other relationships that are more quality and more mutually supportive and also saying yes to yourself and mm-hmm. your own well-being and self-care and not prioritizing somebody else's feelings, wants, needs, preferences over what's good for you. Yes. That's an important aspect of self-care actually. Yes. Very important. Self-care has to be priority. Yeah. So, um, so you know, have a rela- have a conversation if you think it's worth it. And if it's not, or if it doesn't go well, then I think don't don't be afraid to actually cut ties with some people. That's awesome advice. Thank you, Cass. You're listening to Crappy to Happy with Tiff and Cass. In the next episode, we're going to be talking about the importance of a little digital detox. We'll speak to you then. Crappy to Happy is recorded in the Podcast One studios. Produced by Dave Zwolenski. Audio production by Darcy Thompson. For more episodes and to check out other great podcasts, go to podcastone.com.au or download the app.